Hello and welcome to another episode of the Poetry Pause podcast brought to you from a cow shed in West Wales. Emma and I are here this morning and our subject for this episode is community poetry projects, of which we're both very fond. Isn't that the case, Emma? Yes, we are. Do you just want to give a sort of overview of the projects that you've done? You've done a lot more than me, but just a sort of overview of the sort of thing that these projects involve. Yeah, so we've done lots of writing workshops and often these are kind of non-traditional as in we've been outdoors we've had subjects that you might not imagine poems to have been written about we've really got to grips with some of our other interests beyond poetry and incorporated them in different ways and we've done some community poetry where everyone kind of mucks in and we create a monster poem together oh all great so I've asked myself a lot, why do community poetry projects and why do I love them so much? And I think it's something to do with a bit of a hippie fantasy about everybody coming together and creating lovely stuff and collaborating, which is all a bit sort of maybe wishy-washy and rose-tinted. What do you think the purpose and the sort of intention behind them often is? Well, I think like there's something deep within our histories and within us as people to to spend time together and that kind of that Celtic tradition of the bards as the kind of oracles who bind communities it's a way of sharing knowledge sharing information and um, entertaining one another really and I think that the the colour and music of a community is is what life is really about so I think it's kind of deep within us all yeah, yeah. And do you think it's especially prevalent in Wales? I tell you why. Um, you know, you know, I'm a sort of addict for uh, self-improvement, not a lot of which works. But I'm doing a course at the moment uh, led by a teacher called Julia Bell, who I didn't know anything about, but it turns out she's been brought up in West Wales. She went to the Eisteddfod and now she's a very fine established writer and she heads up, I think, creative writing at Birkbeck University. And she was talking in the introduction to this course I'm on all about how in Wales, actually, poetry is very deep in the culture Mm. and people do share poems, perhaps a lot more than they do in other places. Do you think? Yeah, I think maybe Ireland as well. Well, definitely. Yeah. 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 Strong oral traditions, really, aren't they? Yeah. And kind of storytelling, like people still love to weave these stories you know you can make something out of the most mundane and and bring it to life and make it sing yeah and I think it's about finding connection yes I mean people do get the most enormous buzz don't they from making things together I always think about those cave paintings yeah it wasn't one person making those it was a whole herd of hunters or whatever trying to make sense of what they were doing yeah so I think I mean a lot of art hopefully serves that function and it is a very important one. Mm. And I suppose the thing about poetry is that if you tried to do a group novel, the organisation and scale of it would just be, you know, very difficult and unwieldy, even with all that technology offers us. But with a poem, you've got something kind of transportable, haven't you? And, you know, in a a smallish, specific shape, Mm. really. 
It's kind of like a little community box of meaning, I suppose. So let's have a quick chat through the different projects that we've both been involved in and and then talk about future plans and then just have a little overview of this whole series because this is the last episode in our our series on Wales poetry in Wales so should we start with women of West Wales do you want to say a little bit about that and what you did and what were kind of the highlights any problems that sort of thing yeah so the women of West Wales project was a, a project I did at Narbeth Museum to kind of research and bring to light the stories of women who'd been forgotten or not collected together anywhere. And within that, we did some um, film poems based on women who we thought were interesting, women who we thought were had challenged boundaries, or women who had, you know, gone out of their way to, to help their communities in different ways. So... It really ignited a, a passion for interpreting poetry in different ways and creating films. It was a new avenue for me. I really enjoyed it. And I was also really surprised to see kind of the diverse approaches to it and also what people are quietly capable of and what they can create out of just, you know, the stories of these women and their lives. So... It, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we had some real stars in we that. We did, yeah. I, I mean, I think it was a very interesting and sometimes patience-testing mm. exercise in collaboration because we did it, didn't we, in collaboration with the local history yeah. society. And I, I'm not a very patient person anyway, but I schlepped down to their meeting, knocked on the door for about 20 minutes, never got an answer. When I came back, it was because they were talking so loudly and they just hadn't heard me. Mm. So they were wonderful when they did come and they brought amazing materials and we met in the local cottage inn and people had different motivations to either write about their relatives, their ancestors or people that they admired and are these unsung heroines. Mm. And when we performed it in the village hall, if you remember, it was absolutely packed and it went down incredibly well. And there were some amazing stars amongst our our local women, really. Yeah, and I think that people also challenged their own expectations of themselves and were really delighted by what they were able to create and how being together really brought out the best in everyone. and Definitely. Yeah. Everybody rose up, didn't yeah. they? Uh, here's a couple of extracts. Now leave your phones and listen up to the fasting girl's sad tale. She lost her life and wrecked her home with parents sent to jail. Here and there, hessian-sacked drovers' boardiness spills, spits back and forth, a common language between journeymen and a journeying woman. Shipshape, your mission to be practical, well-briefed, a business-like body. You, mother of learning. Lily, your mother named you. Clean potatoes, slice the bacon, shred the cabbage, set the huge table in the hall, chop parsley for the sauce, take out pies from the pantry, skim the top off the milk, 
Get on. The tacky boots are clacking on the outside flags. In a similar location then, we later went on to do Right by the River for Langum Lit Fest. And that was quite a different group of people and unexpectedly professional, I think, in that we had some amazing guests and speakers from the Lit Fest who turned up and people with very extensive experience in Mm. writing and publishing. And can you describe what happened? I know it was a very hot, gorgeous Sunday morning. So we went for this really gentle walk and along the way at different points we'd stop and um, we'd prepared some just little prompts, little pushes into a direction to get people thinking. So it, the, the walk itself was about kind of gathering field notes and really engaging with the landscape around us, taking time to stop and look at unexpected little bits, you know, and and think about them in the context of other poems and other things that people had written. And just to make a few notes, there was no pressure at all. And, and then when we came back together at the end, everyone was in a kind of very meditative zone and were able to create these little poems based on the act of walking it's just really interesting how you know how it pushes you to think in a different way when you're not sat at a table thinking I'm going to write a poem but that the rhythm of walking maybe starts to make you think in a certain way and it was just a lovely thing to do yeah and I'm really keen to do that again you know in different situations with different people so yeah yeah no it was very good and um what was great I think was that we also had some sort of local experts involved mm. so we had an introduction didn't we by uh Graham was an eminent yeah. historian Lewis Griffiths was there has written a novel about the area yeah. and everybody sort of contributed and got on together mm. to just really enjoy writing without any need for output at all you know so and it's always very interesting to bring people with a lot of local knowledge together because they have something that they're already engaged with that they think they might write about but also to get fresh perspectives on you know on a landscape you've never visited before you know and to bring those things together somehow I think is get something really interesting yeah yeah I mean that was such a memorable event I think just for the Mm. sort of collective calm people experienced it was very amazing great and you led that really amazingly now on witchy stuff so this we did at the museum and this was to celebrate what was it general sort of witchiness amongst women or yeah yeah remind me please so yeah it was a, a way of giving women a voice when it came to kind of witchery and folklore and you know and to make something creative and positive out of what has often been seen as a very negative and controlling way of engaging with women so I think and it also brought me into my happy place you know with the folklore and the ritual and the rhythms of time and nature i I often think of poems as like little incantations or spells that weave their magic and I just was in my total 
joy zone. So, so yeah, yeah, it was very interesting. That I mean, because of course poems are used at presidential inaugurations, funerals, births, weddings, whatever. Mm. All the great entrances and exits of life we tend to mark in some way, frequently by poetry. What I thought was really interesting, I think we sort of both went a bit more niche versions of ourselves on that, because you you are very into um, witchcraft and folklore, and of course I'm very into psychology. So yeah. I put my witch's hat on, my psychologist's hat on, and we ran that little workshop on ritual. And that was fascinating, because people were so interested in ritual and talking about their own experiences and the meaning of it. We could barely get through the workshop because mm. people were talking so much and sharing so much. Mm. And I think I kind of finished that workshop feeling, and people were really saying they wanted more, that, you know, there is much more to be done on this. Mm. And the only kind of parallels I've encountered of this are there's a thing online called Victor Kynes Museum of Oddities. Mm. And the guy that hosts it, who's a very sort of lovable eccentric, he has all sorts of people, very interesting people, often talking about myth, folklore, things like the Mabinagi. He Mm. had an amazing young storyteller from the Vale of Glamorgan a couple of months ago, doing fantastic storytelling. We're all encouraged to turn up in our pyjamas and snuggle under a blanket Mm -hmm. while we listen. So they're doing some very interesting stuff and they've got a big following. And then the other place that does interesting, similar-themed content is the London School of Drawing, which does stuff way beyond drawing and it has Mm. a feminist series of lectures and a lot of them are about myths and goddesses and fascinating stuff you know their subjects are great interest to people I think much more down to earth literally so poems on the pitch was kind of a commission wasn't it it was yes so when Wales were in the World Cup we wanted to create something connected to that And football is not my specialist subject, but I love poetry. So having taken the idea of being outdoors and walking and finding new ways of creating poems for people or with people, we decided to go around Narbeth, which was where I was working, and visit all the different places that people had played community football matches or did football training and where children played football And again, just gather kind of field notes and people's responses to the to the environment. And it was just amazing. It was like I would never have thought I could create poetry based on football because I didn't have a special interest in it. But I do have a special interest in my community and the things that bring them together. And I think that's what poetry and football share is that it brings people together. And so, yeah, it it was really good to see the different people who took part and the amazing skill out there people again who thought that they couldn't write being able to create the most amazing pieces people who had a very strong interest in football and people who had less of an interest it was just just a lovely experience yeah great here's a snatch of it
But Rhiannon came back, just like West Ham. And I hope I can yet. The white horse of expectation will gallop me to the net. A proper judge of misdemeanours on and off the field. If one of the sides needs reprimand, he has coloured cards. But I know in his pocket is a black skull cap for the death sentence. A player retires. I'll hang up my boots, tie the laces in bows, lie down face up in the grass. I'll let the blades tickle my toes, forget all the lines I've painted. People who've decided that football is geography, history, philosophy, psychology, language, truth. And it helps to have good legs, most of them. And of course, on this workshop, we met Alan, who is a keen football fan and also a very keen poet. And he talked to us about his interest in in lots of things, but especially Dylan, uh, Dylan Thomas and Bob Dylan. Yeah. He'd just come back with Julie from the Chelsea Hotel. And then we got Alan to join us for our Dylan Thomas episode. And you and he both wrote some amazing poems. Finally then, the town poem, for Llandilo. What What happened here? Well, as part of Llandilo Lit Fest, we, we ran a workshop to create a, a communal poem based on the town. And again, this brought people together who'd lived there their entire lives, people who were visiting for the day, people who'd lived there for a, a short while. And to get that kind of overview and different way of looking at the town. It was just amazing. Like, it really pushed my boundaries to be able to kind of take all those different ideas and put them together to create a poem because it can be very easy to become kind of locked in your own way of doing something and it just... Sometimes the most unexpected and amazing things come out of being challenged in that way and it and it was... Really, really good, really yeah. unexpected and really positive. Yeah, yeah, we used a Lynette Roberts poem, didn't we? And mm. Lynette Roberts is a sort of ignored but fascinating Welsh uh, writer from near Carmarthen, Llangain, mm. I think. And she has she wrote a lovely poem about sort of welcoming people to Llangain. Yeah. So we used that as a model, and that was the last thing people heard before they did a lot of the creating. And it was just a two-hour workshop. Mm. And everybody there came up with the most amazing stuff. Yeah, And it actually was then relatively easy to shape it into a form based on Lynette Roberts's sentiments. Poem from Llandilo. When you come to Llandilo, we will offer you a nestle of rainbow houses in an armchair valley, a turner sky over bridge and yews, one thousand years old, a ripple circle and whistle of red kite, a flash of robin, an overworked river hopeful of care. On your way here you will pass three castles, Drisloin, Dinevur and Karakenin, which rub shoulders, always at odds, but once here any odds will fade, you will have Croiso and Kutch, for this is a town of the senses, 
of Shokled, Paned, Achaken, of physicians of Mudfai, Scents, of Corda Dreams, and in the Welsh Wind Gin. And here we are makers, troubadours, cooks and bakers, storytellers, farmers, composers, rabble-rousers and settlers. Nestle down amongst us. Breathe in our inspiration. This haze across the Tawi Valley. Our saint is Tylo, who replicated himself after death, so that twenty-five churches now claim him. Let us sit amongst his gravestones. Market stalls when needed in the past, and marvel at how we love to barter on death. We will hear music from these stones, and a tune of ripple, circle, hiss, and whisper on the breeze. Here we can survive, refuel, and thrive. Amadan in Gatli Goroisi, Aldradani, Atluido. Carry this home with you, your spirit restored. It is, I think, a fab poem. It's it's joyous, it's full of heart, it's got everybody's words in it and it's in you know, it's got bits of Welsh as well as English. Yeah. It captures Lundalo really well, I think. So and and the feeling that people get there and why they all go there for the Festival of the Senses and the Festival of the Books, as well as the amazing community leaders they've got in Lundalo. So Okay, so any future plans on anything to do with this? I'd love to do more poetry walks. I think it's a really lovely way of getting in touch with different places and a kind of non-threatening way to invite non-writers or supposed non-writers to get in, involved in poetry. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it gets you in touch with the environment to think about things a little bit more out in the fresh air, get some movement and you know poetry requires movement to make it really exciting and yeah so yeah i found it a really really good way of bringing people together and getting the best out of people yeah yeah mm. you know let's be honest about it quite a lot of people think poetry is very wanky mm. and um to my mind sometimes we do get a little bit too much ego from some poets yeah. who seem to find themselves you know endlessly fascinating sources of inspiration for the rest of it but they're not necessarily but i do think with poetry because of its kind of portability that you can make at least permanent digital memories and uh, versions of poems now mm. that are going to could be there forever as long as YouTube's up or whatever do you know what I mean yeah. and that's a really gratifying thing I think for people who are involved in the creation of the poetry and people who received it or witnessed it and want to celebrate the place or the theme or yeah. the cause or whatever so it's you know, I, I, there's lots of potential, I think, as yet unexplored for how poetry can be used, you know, to pull people together and to get them to make things, really. Mm. And I was very interested, I'm going to segue here very smoothly into the overview of our whole series. Um, what have we learned? What have we, you know, concluded about poetry in Wales, if you've concluded anything at all? My overview was... You know, looking more closely at the poets of Wales, or some of the poets of Wales, it's really, um, it's really surprised me that just the wealth of different approaches that Wales has to offer. You know, it's very easy to group people together, but actually, there's a lot. There's it's been very refreshing for me to see. You know, from back from 
Gwerfwell Mechain to R.S. Thomas, they couldn't be more different in mm. their approach, but still just so many interesting and thought-provoking ways of looking at the world. And, you know, we're not one thing. There's something for everyone and something that can be created by everyone and and everyone has a voice and everyone has something to say. So that, you know, this series has really driven that home to me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some advantages, aren't there, to being in a sort of depopulated country. Mm. Well, obviously, we live in a depopulated area here because we're very rural and seasidey. But people are kind of more exposed in a way as individuals. Mm. But that also means that it's easier to connect with other people's voices. Yeah. The overview of the series for me is that I think there are some real hidden gems in this series. And yeah. poets like Gwyneth that yeah. people might not know about. You know, Julian Clark, who it turns out to be an amazing influence, actually. Yeah. Though, again, not particularly well-known. Mm. And... If you have enjoyed the poets or you're going to listen to them further and and you think they're great, then please spread the word. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye for now. And it's a bye from Emma as well. Bye.